Good morning, lovely listeners. It is five o'clock on Sunday morning and the whole house is still asleep. It's fantastic. It won't last long, but they're still asleep. I am your host, Sheila, and I am the owner of Embrace Less Waste, a zero waste store in Wesley Chapel, Florida. I want to talk to you about something today that people just don't like to talk about. I want to talk about periods. So this morning, well, for, let's back up. I don't know if you know this, but I have three daughters, 12, 11, and 9. Periods, we're going to have a whole house of periods. It's, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And so I was looking up some statistics about tampons and maxi pads to see how much is actually thrown away every year. And in the U.S. alone, 5.8 billion tampons were sold last year. That's a lot of tampons. It's a lot of plastic. And I got all this information from National Geographic in case you do want to look it up. And they said, on average, a woman uses between five and 15,000 feminine products throughout her lifetime. And it's crazy. So my daughter, when she goes to school, heaven forbid if a girl has a leaky day, they ridicule, ridicule this poor girl. It's so embarrassing. They go home for the day. They don't come back till the next week because people laugh about it. When did this become something to laugh about? Every girl goes through it. It's normal. It's expected. It should be happening. It's a healthy person. So let's talk about some more of the facts that I found and the history of it. So in ancient Greece, blood was considered unhealthy and poisonous. By the mid-1800s in the U.S., blood from your period was considered bad blood. And get that, bad blood. I don't know what they were thinking. The first cardboard cardboard tampon applicator was patented in 1933. It was cardboard. That was still good. By 1921, well, let's go back. 1921, the first box of Kotex came around. It was also made of cotton. All products then were disposable, which locked women into purchasing these products for the duration of their life. It's crazy. Before then, people were using things like fabric, even bark, I was reading. I can't imagine that would be very comfortable. I think I prefer cotton for sure. And when feminine products were marketed back in the 30s, they were marketed as a way to be modern. It was a way to hide everything. You need to be a modern woman and use feminine products that are disposable. By end of World War II, disposable menstrual product sales had quadrupled. By the 1960s, physicists were working on ways of incorporating plastics, and that's where they came up with polypropylene for the sticky side of the maxi pads. This one kills me here. So we're jumping back to the 1920s, and doctors, get this, doctors decided that girls shouldn't be touching their privates when they put use a tampon. You need an applicator because a girl cannot do this, for sure. It's just, it's just not good. All right. I wonder how the thought girls washed themselves. I'm just saying. By the mid-century, there was so much competition in this arena that they needed to come up with a new marketing strategy to differentiate themselves. So what did they say? You need to be more discreet. So what they did, Modest was the brand that was uh, mentioned in National Geographic. They decided to put articles and coupons into magazines where a woman or a girl would cut it out of the magazine secretly hand it across the counter in the pharmacy and get a nearly unmarked box of feminine products. Hmm. I mean, this is crazy. Then, I guess competition was tough again, so they decided, hey, we need to change things up again. So, let's wrap everything individually so that you can put it in every single pocket. 
every bag and it stays clean. So now we have plastic as an applicator. We have it on the wrappers, in the packaging, in the strings, in the product itself to hold it together. Plastic everywhere. Then Kotex invented a softer, quieter wrapper to help keep it secret. Hmm. Well, I hope you're in the bathroom by yourself, so most of the time that wouldn't matter anyways. If you're in a bathroom stall, let's say in a middle school, most of them have the periods too. So I'm not really sure who we're hiding it from and why we need to hide it. It's kind of crazy. This does not make sense. I don't know how we created generations of women that feel the need to be shamed and hide everything. This is natural. I don't get it. So now there is a movement to stop using as much plastic. There are alternatives out there now. There's reusable pads and there's menstrual cups. I sell reusable pads. Women absolutely love them. It's great. I haven't sold any menstrual cups yet. I haven't gone down that path yet, but it makes sense. I mean, I don't, for our daughters, they should, they can take these pads that are also leak proof, wash them. There's no crunchy wrapper on it. There's no plastic. Let's make it easy. I don't know why we need to hide this. It's normal. It's natural. And I hope that I can do a good job teaching my girls this. That this is nothing to be afraid of. And you surely don't laugh at another girl because her pad leaked in school. We've raised our children wrong, I guess, if they think this is acceptable behavior. I don't know. I hope we do. I hope these future generations are more open to what the body naturally does. And we don't have a stigma about it. The last thing we need to consider is bad blood because there's enough of that out there already. Well, I know this was a very unique podcast, and I hope you enjoyed hearing some of the facts that were kind of mind-boggling. You're welcome to check it out on National Geographic. They have a really long article about it, and there's so many other statistics out there if you want to look more into how many pads are assumed we use every year. But I'd love to get your feedback. I'm on Instagram at Embrace Less Waste USA, online at EmbraceLessWasteUSA.com, and our Facebook page is Embrace Less Waste. Well, thank you, and enjoy your wonderful Sunday morning. Have a great day.